It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is April 20th, 2019. My name is Phil Rostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr-omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk all about the Magic's Game 3 loss to the Toronto Raptors, a 98-93 defeat. Over at the Amway Center, we'll talk about what that loss means and what the Magic have to do to get themselves back in the series. And certainly it is uh, going to remain a big challenge for this team, but one that they've shown they can rise up to just how long and, and whether they can do it for long enough to get the win is going to be another question. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast. I work by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you expect here from Locked On Magic. Want the Raptors perspective of Game 3? Check out Locked On Raptors. Want the national perspective? Locked On NBA as well as Locked On Fantasy Basketball have you covered. The Locked On Podcast Network, you can find it on iTunes or search for it on the Himalaya app. Get podcasts delivered directly to your mobile device. Uh, as well as recommendations and playlists too, all on the Himalaya app. Every Locked On podcast, whether it's NBA, MLB, NFL, or college, is on Himalaya. Check it all out there. And of course, search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. The Orlando Magic came home to the Amway Center to a supercharged building. A... Fan base that was ready and up to the challenge of a playoff battle. The only thing that was missing really was the team delivering on that energy. And 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 I and I know I know I made this a huge point that the Magic had to bring it early to keep the crowd engaged and kind of full throated. And 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 I think we'll see something in Game Four now similar to what we saw in Game Two, where the Magic have to start off well to get the crowd behind them, and they could really do something special then. But of course, this series has been a challenge for the Magic. From one moment to the next, it has been a challenge. Even Game 1, which was a, more of a feeling out process, there were some serious challenges for the Magic. And in Game 1, the Magic rose to the occasion. Um, whether it was a, a number of factors certainly led to that, but every game since has been the Magic trying to scratch and claw for every little thing that they could get from the Raptors. Game two, they struggled defensively, and that's why the game got so far out of control. Game three, they got that defense back under control, but again, they couldn't find the offense. Orlando was desperate for points, and they slowly but surely found some energy late in the game. But at the end of the day, and I think this is the most important takeaway from this, from this game, at the end of the day, the Magic are still beholden to key core principles that 
come to define their identity. They rebound the ball. They defend without fouling. They protect the ball. They don't turn it over. They move the ball on offense. And they play solid defense. They protect the paint, protect the middle. Those are all things the Magic do. That's who the Magic are. And the unfortunate thing, or the unfortunate thing about the playoffs is you have to do all those things for 48 minutes. Steve Clifford and the Orlando Magic are still seeking in this playoff series that elusive 48-minute game. And Orlando rebounded the ball pretty well. They defended pretty well for most of this game, of this game three. But in the critical moments, a lot of that betrayed them. In the critical moments, they didn't do what they have to do. And if the Magic have any regret, it is those little moments that separate wins from losses. Down by 12 with about four minutes to go, Orlando went on a rally, playing for their lives, it seemed like, to try and get a win. Terrence Ross started getting hot, started making shots. And the Magic closed the gap to within three, with about 35 seconds left. Aaron Gordon, who did a fantastic job on Kawhi Leonard all game long, stopped him again, forced him into a step-back jumper that he missed. And the ball was heading straight toward three Magic players. This should be an easy rebound. This is the second best defensive rebounding team in the league in the regular season. This is a team that is pretty sure and pretty solid getting rebounds just like this one. But somehow, no one went and attacked the ball. Whether it's Nikola Vucevic, I think it was Evan Fournier, and DJ Augustine. No one attacked the ball. No one was even boxing out their guy. Nobody called its mine. And Kyle Lowry snuck between the three of them and stole the rebound, forcing Orlando to foul and giving the Raptors the 98-93 to victory. The Magic dropped the ball. Almost literally dropped the ball. In a moment where the Magic had to get a rebound, had to get a stop, they got the stop, but they didn't secure the rebound. They didn't end the possession. And with so much at stake, with so much on the line, Orlando didn't do what is a core part of them. Something that is central to who they are. And that's ultimately why the Magic lost this game. Obviously, we've got to figure out the beginning of halves. So both games here, first and uh, first five minutes of the first quarter, first five minutes of the third quarter. And then, you know, the disappointing part tonight was the fourth quarter of the rebounding game. Uh, you know, the Powell running down the long one, which led to a three. And then, obviously, the, uh, the last one, and then also... The free throw, missed block out on the free throw set. The Gasol kept alive. They missed the shot. But those, whatever it was, five, six, seven, eight seconds, ended up being critical at the end of the game. So what has been a, a, a really good strength for the majority of the year, you know, we came up short in the fourth quarter. Magic coach Steve Clifford there talking after the game. Apologize if the audio seems a little low. Uh, on that one, especially coming back here. Tried to give you a little bit of time to to readjust your ears to that. But um, overall, Steve Clifford is on the money here. Things that the Magic have done so well throughout the year. 
in just the little moments, they're, they're not doing them well, or they're not doing them in the big moments that matter in these games. The Orlando Magic are still chasing that elusive 48-minute effort in the playoffs. They're still chasing, playing with the playoff intensity and, yes, desperation for a full game. We haven't seen it. And Orlando has just kind of struggled with Toronto's defense. As Steve Clifford mentioned there, Orlando got off to another slow start, giving up the first 10 points of the game. Nikola Vucevic had five turnovers, all five of his turnovers, in the first quarter. And it was a struggle from the start. Once again, Toronto did a good job clogging passing lanes. They did a good job blowing up initial screen and roll actions. Orlando looked flustered. Their spacing was not ideal. They're settling for three-point shots. Orlando was falling back into the same traps that they that happened in game two, at least offensively. Defensively, they were fine, honestly. As long as they had the chance to set up their defense and work in the half court, they were generally fine. They loaded up on Kawhi Leonard. They had Nikola Vucevic press up and blitz a little bit more to take the ball out of his hands or send him wide so Aaron Gordon could recover. And Aaron Gordon played his best defensive game of the series. The, the proof is in the numbers as well. Kawhi Leonard, 16 points, 5 for 19 shooting. On top of all that, in order to do that, Orlando had to switch a lot. That ended up seeing pa- uh, Evan Fournier guard Pascal Siakam probably a little more than they, than they needed to. Um, although I th- think Jonathan, Jonathan Isaac did a very good job on Siakam when they were matched up directly. Siakam finishing with 30 points. But Orlando couldn't get the offense going to set their defense up properly. Nikola Vucevic, who they tried to get going early on, struggled with the turnovers, and Orlando found themselves in a hole. Down by three at halftime after Terrence Ross hit a half-court shot at the buzzer, down by three, Orlando again gave up a run at the start. Luckily for the Magic, that's when Nikola Vucevic got going scoring 14 of his 22 points in the third quarter. He got a hook shot that got him going. He drew two quick fouls on Marcus Gasol to get, his, to get his fourth, to get him to four and out of the game. And that's when Vucevic went on the attack. Quick moves in the post with deep post position as Orlando seemed free to move the ball with Gasol out of the game. Vucevic hit a three and everyone seemed to exhale. Orlando took their first lead of the game, but then they gave up a 16-0 run and had to scramble back in it again. It always felt like Orlando was chasing. It always felt like Orlando was having to fight and claw for everything. And it's the playoffs. You're supposed to fight and claw for everything. But Toronto allowed nothing easy for Orlando. And that's probably the biggest statement of this series. The Magic can hold their own defensively. I would honestly say in these three games, the Magic in half-court defense, so non-transition opportunities, the Magic have played pretty solid defense. I don't have the numbers to back me up on this, but I feel very comfortable with how the Magic have played defense in this series. But the Magic have been unable to get their offense going. Ever since the Raptors really switched Danny Green onto DJ Augustine and eliminated that pick-and-roll possibility, Orlando just hasn't been able to generate offense consistently. In this game, they settled for three-pointers, shooting 44 three-pointers, making 13. 
Orlando was able to get to the line, and they've done a good job getting to the line in this series at 22 of 23 from the foul line. But turnovers again, 16 points leading to 13 Toronto points. And poor ball movement, 17 assists. I'm sorry, 19 assists. Once again, below that, that 20 assist threshold that the Magic have been so good at all year long. Orlando's grinding. They're fighting. They're giving themselves a chance. They had a chance to win this game thanks to Terrence Ross's heroics late and the Magic playing with some fire and desperation late in the game. But they're still coming up short. Again, in those big moments, they're giving up, they're giving up the plays. And I think we all kind of knew in this series the Magic had to win every close game. I think on on one of, on my podcast with Sean Woodley of Locked On Raptors, I took the Raptors in a soft six. And by that I meant if the Magic, there's probably going to be a close game somewhere in this series that the Magic win or lose that will determine whether it's a five or six game series. This might have been that game. Because the Magic had the opportunity. They had the chances. And whether it be tactical decisions, whether it be just not being aware of the ball on those rebounds that, that Coach Clifford mentioned there, the Magic couldn't take care of business. There were definitely some tactical issues. I would agree with that. Of uh, you know, As most Magic fans would point out, Evan Fournier had a terrible game. One for 10 from the floor, or one for 12 from the floor, one for eight from beyond the arc. He was not great in this game. And I do think at the end of the game, it probably would have been wise to go with Jonathan Isaac at the end. Because at the very end of the game, Pascal Siakam was dominating whoever was guarding him, whether it was Isaac or Ross. And it's just very clear in this series, the Magic cannot have anyone besides Isaac or Gordon guarding Siakam or Leonard. They have eaten the matchup alive if it's not Gordon or Isaac on them. That's that's just a fact at this point. And so, yes, it seemed with Fournier's struggles and, and his shot selection wasn't great either, it seemed like the Magic needed to go in a different direction. But I do agree with Clifford's point, which he said after the, after the game, that's been our best lineup. The... Augustine, Fournier, Ross, Gordon, Vucevic lineup. That's been their closing lineup all year. That's what got them to this point. It's statistically their best lineup. I can't fault him for going to it, even if I think the results would have been slightly different. As Clifford explained after the game, the Magic needed the secondary ball handlers in Ross and Fournier. And Isaac right now is a guy that the Raptors are ignoring. The Raptors are letting him shoot. He's two for seven on threes today, and he made a few, kept them honest, but they're happy if he's taking seven three-pointers. I'm sorry. And yeah, Isaac needs to play more. He needs to play more than 29 minutes, and I think a big reason why Siakam had such a big game, Siakam played 41 minutes, Isaac played 29. Isaac's got to be up on that 33-34 minute mark to match Siakam. Again, the Magic cannot have any possession even on switches. But Pascal Siakam and Kawhi Leonard can only be guarded and only be defended by Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac. Plain and simple at this point. And the way the Magic are loading up on Kawhi Leonard now, the way that they're trying to trap and, and, and compress his space to attack, Isaac has to be the one on Siakam. P. 
period. And the Raptors exploited that matchup all night long. Again, 30 points. And so Orlando knows that they kind of left one on the board. They know that they did some things that kept them from getting the win at the end. And they know, and at least they feel, that they're still close. It's a 2-1 series. It's not over by any means. But Game 4 certainly feels a whole lot bigger. It's something like 77, 75%, roughly three quarters of all teams that win Game 3 in a 1-1 series win the series. And certainly, with the potential of heading back to Toronto down 3-1, Orlando cannot let that happen. They need to win Game 4. Oh, well, we just got to get off to a better start. We have a way of playing. And, um, we're not doing it at the beginning of the games. We're trying to play our way in the games. And uh, that's not the way it's going to work with a team like that. You know, we got to play our game from start to finish. And um, when we do that, we're good. And I believe when we do that uh, on Sunday, uh, I believe we'll win. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. And that has become the larger point, as Aaron Gordon pointed out. It's something Steve Clifford has has said and reiterated to his team over and over and over again throughout the year, at least has reiterated to the media. When we play the way we know we're capable of playing, when we do the things we know we have to do, we are good enough to beat anybody. For long stretches in Friday's game, Orlando did all those things they have to do. They defended. They defended well all game long. Let's let's again. I, I want to repeat this. The Magic's defense is not the reason why they're in a two-one hole. They defended extremely well. They kept the ball from the middle. They didn't foul. They got back in transition. And except for those very clear instances, the Magic rebounded pretty well. Toronto with eight offensive rebounds in the game, uh, and really out rebounded Magic by one, 43-42. All things considered, the Magic could do could have done much worse. But it's the playoffs now. And we said throughout the regular season that the Magic's margin for error was very small, that they, they couldn't afford to miss out on many of these items, on many of these character traits, on many of these things. And in the playoffs, that gets heightened. That not doing it on one key possession, on two key possessions, is enough to tip the balance away. Steve Clifford is somewhat correct to quote his his mentor, Jeff Van Gundy, and saying, really the biggest adjustment that a team can make sometimes is a guy that goes two for ten, goes 5 for 10 the next game. It still comes down to making and missing shots. But the Magic have struggled with some very basic things, and they've 
had to adjust. They've adjusted their defense to better stop Kawhi Leonard, and we'll see if that, that, that strategy pays off again in Game 4. On top of that as well, on top of that as well, Orlando's still struggling to get consistently good shots. Orlando's shooting 44 three-point attempts. Many of them were good looks that, that, that just missed, and you can live with those. But there were plenty more, there were plenty among those 44 that came either on late shot clock situations because the Magic couldn't get paint touch or were just bad three-pointers taken by a team searching for answers offensively. Orlando did not move the ball as effectively as they could. They missed several opportunities to make the extra pass. Throughout the early parts of the game, especially that, that, especially that first, first six-minute stretch, they looked a little tentative with their passing. The Raptors were again all in the passing lanes and did a really good job, a really good job, forcing Orlando to make difficult plays all game long. The first half of this game looked like a carbon copy of Game 2 in so many ways offensively. And Orlando, again, shooting 36.2%. They're not going to win many games that way. In fact, it's, it's a minor miracle they were in the game to begin with. There is still a lot of work for this team to do. No doubt about it. But it still comes back to who you are. It still comes back to doing the things that got you to this spot. Your core identity. Your core principles. And that's what the Magic have to commit to even more right now. They can't try and change everything up. They can't change who they are. You can maybe make a tactical change here or there. But it really comes down to their players need to make shots. Nikola Vucevic got going and their best offensive stretch happened when Nikola Vucevic scored 14 points. In the third quarter. When Terrence Ross played with a little desperation and fire and started hitting shots. The ball started moving. He was able to to break free and get some space. And Toronto's defense was caught a little flat-footed. Came when Orlando was defending with a reckless abandon, it seemed like. And did a really good job tracking shooters, challenging shooters, and keeping Kawhi Leonard out of the paint. These are all things that are vitally important to Orlando. A core part of their belief and their identity. And it's a part that's been lax these last two games. And certainly lax at key moments. The start of the game. The start of the second half. The fourth quarter. Orlando is the second best defensive rebounding team in the league. They rebounded fine. But they gave up three big offensive rebounds in the fourth quarter. That cost them in the end. And it's now, in this moment, in this series, that you have to be truer to who you are than you've ever been. You have to make those plays that you know you can make. And that's the difference in playoff basketball. That's the difference. And Orlando still has to find a way. They have the home court back. I mean, so... Played them now seven times. It's four to three. We went up there twice, so we have to play better. I mean, again, I don't. We have, what I told them was we're going to come in tomorrow. We have to have the right attitude. Handling disappointment is a huge part of NBA basketball, and it's a bigger part of playoff basketball. You have to be able to feel like you got kicked in the teeth, which we did. We're one 
you know, long rebound away from having a chance to tie the game. That's the way it is. I mean, if we can't get past that, we don't deserve to win. Magic coach Steve Clifford again summing things up. Orlando trailing the season the playoff series now two to one. They're uh, with a 98-93 loss in Game 3 of the Eastern Conference playoffs. Game 4 is Sunday at the Amway Center. Expect another sellout crowd. That, uh, honestly, the Amway Center crowd was fantastic in this game. Thought they brought a lot of energy. Uh, team needed that energy. Uh, when the team started picking, up, th- picking things up, the crowd got well behind them uh, and definitely was a, a great experience. Great to see playoff basketball back in Orlando. Lots of Lots to do still, lots to lots to work on though before game four if the Magic want to get the win. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax, make your moves, they'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Let's run through the final stats for you real fast. I've touched on a few of them, though, uh, so I just want to get through all of them here. Nikola Vucevic finally got himself off the schneid. 22 points in the game, 7 for 13 shooting, 2 for 5 from beyond the arc, 6 for 6 from the foul line, 14 rebounds, 6 assists, that uh, 3 blocks as well. That is more like a Nikola Vucevic game. Um, it did not start off that way, though. Struggled at the beginning, five turnovers in the first half. Um, again, looked very tentative with his passing. Struggled to get free. They, the Magic tried to get him shots early. He turned the ball over a lot. Um, it, it, it was a struggle to get him going. Marcus Gasol continues to do a fantastic job defensively. And honestly, my big concern moving forward is that, yeah, Vucevic probably got some confidence in this one, but it's not likely the Magic are going to get Marcus Gasol in foul trouble again. The turning point for Vucevic really came in the third quarter. Gasol picked up two quick fouls to end up with four early in the third quarter. Orlando got in the bonus as well early in the third quarter. And that allowed Vucevic to play more aggressively. Serge Ibaka is, not the, is, is a good defender, don't get me wrong, but not the same kind of defender, at least as far as getting deflections and just, and just uh, being a big body that the Magic just cannot move. That's Marc Gasol. And Vucevic took advantage. Got a couple shots to go in the post, hit a three, got to the foul line, it was about as, I mean, it is as good as Vucevic has played all, all series. And he cut down on the turnovers, made some good decisions, and that helped the Magic out a lot. It just loosened everything up. It's very clear the Magic have to get Vucevic going to get their offense moving. Um, when uh, And Steve Clifford uh, made this point as well regarding Vucevic. They don't really run a lot of plays for him. He kind of operates within the offense. And so the fact that the Raptors have been able to blow up the Magic's offense so much and force them into kind of forced post-ups and and rush shots um, is a big reason why Vucevic has struggled. Having said that, Vucevic has also missed a fair amount of open shots, and those started to go down in the second half of this game. And Orlando was obviously able to come back and make this a game because of it. Um, so Vucevic, certainly good to see him back off the schneid um, with his first really good playoff performance of the, of the year. And you hope that he can carry that over into Game 4. 
Terrence Ross, 24 points, 8 for 17 shooting, 5 for 13 from beyond the arc. Caught fire a lot in the uh, fourth quarter, especially to help lead the Magic back from a 12-point deficit. Hit a half-court shot uh, at the bu- at the halftime buzzer to keep the Magic within three. Just doing a lot of Terrence Ross things. Uh, you know, I think that you know he was guilty as much as anyone else of settling for three-pointers a lot, and especially off-balance and weird three-pointers trying to draw fouls. This po- At this point in the season, you can't rely on the refs to get you a call. You have to play it out like you're not going to get the call. Um, Orlando did get a lot of calls. I know fans were upset with the officials, but the Magic did a great job getting in the foul line, 22 of 23 from the foul line. They got a lot of calls. In fact, um, 23 personal fouls on the Raptors. Orlando certainly got the benefit of the whistle in this game, even though there were some interesting calls, to say the least, and interesting decisions by the officials, I think, throughout the game that cut both ways. I mean, certainly the the Magic have their complaints. The Raptors have their complaints. uh, But definitely things that cut both ways. Uh, generally, I think that the refs allowed both teams to be pretty physical, um, which is what you want to see in a playoff game. Jonathan Isaac, 14 points, 4 for 11 shooting, 7 rebounds, 2 blocks, 2 steals. Um, the shooting is not impressive, and, and, and it came down to earth uh, over the course of the game. But in the early part of the game, in the first quarter of the game, after Orlando trailed by 10, and honestly while Orlando was trailing by 10, Jonathan Isaac played a key role in getting the Magic back into the game and keeping them settled, uh, settling them down a little bit. He played fantastic defense, was great in transition defense, especially running back to challenge shots, and he was all over the place. It was a preview of what I think a lot of people want Jonathan Isaac to become, uh, where he was able to hit some outside shots, was able to uh, run and cut to the basket, was just defending everything, was just smothering everything around. And honestly, I know Pascal Siakam scored 30 points, and, and Isaac was definitely defending some of those. I would venture to guess that most of Siakam's seven misses, he was 13 of 20 from the floor, came because of Isaac. And But because Isaac was was supposed to roam around a little bit and because of all the switching the Magic were doing to cover for Leonard, you got a lot of matchups with Siakam on Evan Fournier. And Fournier just got torched. My hot take of the series um, before this, and I would even argue this before this game, Evan Fournier's had a worse series than Nikola Vucevic. Um, 48 struggled mightily, 1 for 12 from the floor, 1 for 8 from beyond the arc. Two turnovers, just 7 points in the game for Evan Fournier. Um, it, I, 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 he missed open shots. Um, that's that's the first place to start. But he also took a lot of really bad contested shots. Um, credit to Evan Fournier, he did try and get in the paint, but he was often out of control, just kind of flipping shots at the rim, which aren't effective and honestly lead straight to fast breaks because they're just so coming off the rim it's at, at such a weird angle and, and the team isn't isn't ready for them they, they get back um in the third quarter in the third quarter when the when Toronto went on their 16-0 run Fournier settled for jumpers he kind of took he's kind of took his turn almost as the shooter as the scorer and forced up a lot of shots and I, I just I hated his shot selection most of the night um you know he does fall into that trap where he kind of tries to get his um and takes a lot of bad shots and and, and that just that you can't have that at this point of the season you can't have that at this point in the series where Orlando's just struggling to generate offense. You can't be settling for bad shots. Even if they go in, which they didn't, uh, that's the shot Toronto wants you to take. You got to keep working and find a better shot. It's, you know, honestly, I would say this about the Magic, who, who went, again, 13 for 44 from beyond the arc. A lot of bad shots in there, a lot of rush shots at the end of the shot clock. A lot of more than at least two shots where like DJ Augustine or Terrence Ross tried to draw contact and get a shot up and didn't get the whistle. That needs to stop. You know, just no frills on that. If it's a, if the shot's there, take it. If not, move it or drive to the basket. 
Um, I, I think there was a lot of good shots, not great shots. Um, opportunities where the Magic may have tried to dish the ball to get a better shot. They missed it. They missed those opportunities. And so I think a little bit dropped the ball on that one. Finally, Aaron Gordon, 10 points, 4 for 10 shooting, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, 4 turnovers. So mixed bag for Aaron Gordon. Offensively, he's obviously had his issues with Kawhi Leonard. Did get a couple of nice shots. Um, You know, overall, I think, you know, as long as he's spotting up, uh, you know, he's not really forcing a lot offensively, which I think is very, very good. Um, You know, he, he... when he drives, he commits charges. It's it's a thing. It's it's weird. I think he I think he led the league in charges this year, as far as uh, charges drawn on or drawn from. Uh, but uh, Gordon played fantastic defense on Kawhi Leonard. Really, you know, you give a lot of credit to Aaron Gordon because he's the primary guy. His discipline defensively on Leonard was fantastic. Anytime Leonard tried to break him down one on one, Gordon was there to stop him and force him into a jumper. Very rarely let him into the paint. Uh, or certainly, if he did get into the paint, he was heavily contested and pressured around the basket. On top of all that, you had, uh, you know, not, not, uh, added to that, of course, you had just the Magic did a really good job loading up on Kawhi Leonard, just making sure that that there were two bodies in front of him. Nikola Vucevic, who usually drops in pick-and-roll coverage, actually hedged. He not only hedged, he blitzed at times. And I think it caught the Raptors a little bit by surprise, and, and it worked. Um, Vucevic set his line a lot higher when he did drop, um, and, and did a, and and the Magic really scrambled to get a third player over to pressure Leonard and keep him where they wanted him to go. That did leave three pointers open for Toronto. Toronto ended up shooting eleven for twenty eight from beyond the arc, but I think that was a gamble that the Magic were willing to take to slow Leonard down. Leonard finishes with sixteen points, five for nineteen shooting. Six or seven from the foul line, seven rebounds, four assists, and six turnovers. So Orlando, I think, did a really good job with him. We'll see how Leonard adjusts. Nick Nurse said after the game, uh, the Raptors coach said after the game that Leonard was was not feeling great uh, and and really allotted him for gutting through this game. But at this point, no excuse. Um, Orlando did a good job to slow him down, especially after the game he had in game two. They did not slow down Pascal Siakam, though. 30 points, 13 for 20 shooting. 11 rebounds, 4 assists. Again, I would argue that when Jonathan Isaac was on him, he was okay. Maybe not great, but okay. Length gives Pascal Siakam problems still, and, and that's going to change because Siakam is really, really good. Um, he is, he's, he's having his coming out party in this series, um, if he hadn't already. But um, Isaac, I think, does the best job on him. I think he still struggles a little bit with length, but with all the defensive adjustments the Magic were making, they switched a lot more. That got Siakam being guarded by... Evan Fournier a lot more, and every time Siakam was guarded by Fournier, he took it right at him. Um, it, again, I, I know I said this earlier, and I'll repeat it again. There are no scenarios that are good for the Magic where Siakam or Leonard are not being guarded by Gordon or Isaac. Whenever those two, are, whenever one of those are on the floor, the Magic need one of those two guys on them. Um, you know, Siakam just took wholly a whole advantage over Wessa Wundu, Evan Fournier, Terrence Ross, whoever was guarding him. If they were smaller than him. He beat them to the block. He beat them around the basket, and he had some t- he had some good threes in this one too. So, a fantastic game for Pascal Siakam. Does have to feel like a little bit of a letdown with the Magic. Gave up a game where Kawhi Leonard struggled so much, but um, Orlando again just couldn't get their offense going. Orlando shoots thirty six point two percent for the game, thirteen for forty four from beyond the arc, twenty two of twenty three from the foul line, keeping them in it. Uh, Sixteen turnovers, really hurting as well. Orlando falls to the. Toronto Raptors 98 to 93. They trail the playoff series 2 to 1 
Game 4, Sunday at the Amway Center. That's going to do it for me today. Though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled device, including the Himalaya app. Get podcasts downloaded directly to your device. Plus, create playlists and get suggestions for new podcasts, such as the ones on the Locked on Podcast Network. That's going to do it for me. To, uh, you can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philipr underscore omd. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode. On tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, yes, we're going seven days a week here in the playoffs. On tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, we will talk with Sean Woodley of Locked on Raptors to get a lowdown on where both of our teams are feeling at this point in the series, as well as preview game four. So definitely, 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 definitely. Download that and check it out. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Rossman Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.